Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey, all set rounds at Hammond is back. We're brought to you by the Armchair All-Americans. This is part of the Armchair Media Network. Despite the pandemic, the world is battling the NFL league year is officially here it is i rob paul aka the new owner of an eric ebron jersey and with me as always is aj this is our second try recording this episode because the world is ending marchese i'm having major deja vu rob today we're going to look at how nfl free agency has impacted the nfl draft thus far and count down our top 10 tight end prospects in the 2020 nfl draft Let's hit it. Seven rounds in heaven with my baby. Going out to Vegas, maybe. Looking for a young or a Don't draft a running back on the first day. Don't draft a running back on the second day. Maybe draft one on the third or don't let's go seven rounds let's go seven rounds together let's go seven rounds forever and that's a song the perfect hire can have an impact on your business for years to come so when you need to find the next person to help grow your business linkedin jobs will match the right talent with your open role fast linkedin is Over 675 million members worldwide, including me. LinkedIn Jobs screens candidates with the hard and soft skills you're looking for, so you can hire the right person fast. Things like collaboration, creativity, adaptability. LinkedIn looks beyond the work skills and puts your job post in front of qualified candidates who match your business requirements perfectly. That's how LinkedIn makes sure your job post is seen by the people you want to hire people with the skills qualifications and other interests that will help your business grow it's no wonder a person is hired every eight seconds with linkedin and why companies rated linkedin jobs the number one hiring platform for delivering quality hires find the right person for your business today with linkedin jobs you can pay what you want and get the first 50 dollars off just visit linkedin.com team Again, that's linkedin.com slash team to get $50 off your first job post. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, as previously stated, this is our second attempt at this show. <laughs> um, so, it's going to be a little rehashing for me and AJ. But, unless you're a VIP member of the podcast, this will be your first time hearing us talk about this stuff. Yeah, we're going to have zero enthusiasm through the first I don't know, 25 minutes of content. Don't say that. <laughs> Joking. I got new ideas, crazier ideas than last hey, night, Rob. Hey, it worked out because now Manny Sanders is a saint since the last time That's we true. talked. So changes everything for me. 
Maybe we should just keep putting this podcast off. Yeah, maybe. Okay, let's jump in. Uh, we're talking the biggest free agents that are going to impact the NFL draft. We're going to talk, and, and trades, starting with the trade. Uh, Bill O'Brien getting robbed blind by the Arizona Cardinals for DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, obviously, prior to this, the Cardinals were a hot landing spot for CD Lamb at 8th overall. And now that could change, although we've said it'd be pretty cool if they still took CD Lamb. It would be really cool. I think this pick has to be offensive tackle, though. Correct. I agree. Um, I think ideally for them, it's Tristan Wirfs. Um, or Jedrick Wills, I guess. Uh, mm-hmm. wh- who who do you think is their ideal uh, get here? I, I think it is between the two of them. I'll I'll, I'll say Wirfs. In the mock draft I'm working on, I have them landing Wirfs at eight. It's it's gonna be very dependent on how the quarterbacks play out. Like, cause if the charge, let, let's say the Giants go Wills, what if the Chargers actually do want to roll with Tyrod and they go Wirfs? Puts yeah. the Cardinals in a really interesting situation at eight, and maybe they go defensive side of the ball. True. Um, again, it could be defense. I, I think you gotta get a tackle. But there's a lot of teams I kind of think you have to get a tackle. So. Luckily, it's a deep and top-heavy t- class, um, mm-hmm. but I do think the top four tackles will be gone n- no later than 11th. They'll all be off the board. Yeah, I feel the same way, too. Uh, we'll get there in a bit, probably, but uh, I think one team really has got to make a move and get up and secure one of those guys. Ooh, that's called a... Uh, what's that called there? Oh, thanks. Uh, okay, the Falcons signed Dante Fowler. Decent, decent pickup gets them a the most legitimate pass rusher they've had in some time. Um, obviously not a Pro Bowl guy, but he has been a consistent force for the Rams. They wanted to keep him. He cashes in, gets back with Dan Quinn. They have the Florida connection, um, mm-hmm. and the Falcons pick sixteen. They've been uh, a potential landing spot for a guy like Clavon Chisson, uh from LSU, and now. I think their top priority at 16 is probably corner with uh, Trufano, and they don't really have that number one dog in the building. Not at all. I, I mean, I still do think edges in play, but I agree that that need at corner jumped it. The, I think kind of. I just think the problem ahead. with edge is the lack of depth. Like Chaseon might be gone just because there's no depth in the class by pick De- 16. Definitely. Yeah, that's why I think if he's on the board, it, it might be a little too much to pass up. Or, um, especially if, if Henderson's gone, too. Or if Kinlaw's on the board somehow. I think those are like the, one of those. If they come away with one of those three, they're yeah. they're happy. I, I fully agree. And if you ask me right now, I'm not sure which one. Um, if Chason and Kinlaw are off the board, I would bet it's a corner, though. Yes. Yes, I totally I, agree. I don't think Henderson's going to be there. No? That's I mean, it's it's it's, it's, it's weird because it depends how the receivers fall too. So someone's yeah. gonna someone who we currently think isn't gonna be there is gonna slide just because of the the like court need at quarterback the offensive tackles the receiver depth. Yeah. So someone will fall. Don't know who. That's why we'll soon be watching Roger Goodell in an empty room announce picks. <laughs> yes. Uh, okay, the Ravens. Uh, 
robbed the Jags for Cleus Campbell somehow, and then also signed Michael Brockers, tagged Matt Judon, uh, in theory, fixing up that that uh, that front four for them, potentially yeah. taking the need for pass rusher off the board at 28, um, meaning linebacker sh- should, in theory, be the play there. That's their biggest hole. The Ravens have long been known for their uh, history of linebackers. Um I think in this class, one of Kenneth Murray or Patrick Queen will still be on the board when they pick. Agreed. Um, not like after the free agent wave, it feels like not too many teams are top end linebacker needy right now. And I think part of this um, linebacker in general is not nearly. I mean, if you have a star linebacker, it's huge. Yeah, but it, it's. It's not as devalued as a running back, obviously, but it, it, I would say it's the most devalued position on a defense in today's game. And, like, you're seeing more hybrid role guys play. Like, look at um, Taylor Rapp for the Rams last year. He played, yeah. like, obviously he's a safety, but he spent a lot of time playing dime linebacker for them. Things like that. And there's guys in this draft who can do that. Kyle Duggar, Jeremy Chin. Um, yeah. you, could, you could even say Isaiah Simmons because of his versatility, is partially a safety. So I think that's part of it. Um, a lot of teams addressed, like the teams that were more needy at linebacker did address it, address it to some extent. Uh, the Raiders, the Giants, they spent money at the position. Yeah, Maybe not the smartest money, <laughs> but they, they, they spent money to upgrade there. So it's going to be interesting to see how the linebackers play out. Like, I wouldn't be surprised... If Murray and Queen are on the board when the Ravens pick, I was about to say that I agree with you. I I, I expect one of them to be there, yes. and yeah, I wouldn't be shocked if both are still there. Like, like, like. Obviously, we we, we pegged the Raiders for taking a linebacker at nineteen, but now uh, Pankowski, I can't say his name, and Littleton feels like that's out of the option. I wouldn't be completely shocked if they go still with Kenneth Murray. I'll say that, but I, it, you know what? it doesn't make sense. In our yeah. first recording of the show, you said that to me, and nah, I, I disagreed or to some extent. And upon reflection, that's why we should always do two episodes. Because I can <laughs> reflect on the first conversation. But... Um, because obviously Littleton is such a strong coverage linebacker, but really struggles as a run defender. And mm-hmm. then uh, big Nick K is the opposite, where he is much more like 15 years ago, he would have been a really great linebacker in the league. So getting that guy who's got the athletic traits and the aggressiveness to be your... Like, neither of them... Because Littleton's a weak side. Ideally, Nick K is a, a strong side. So getting that Kenneth Murray to be your mic, like, I, I, I've... It wouldn't shock me if the Raiders were the team to be paying too much to their linebacker core. Exactly. And we've already talked so much about how the fit with Kenneth Murray and the Raiders makes so much sense. And that that they feel like the team to skirt, like, okay, we might have paid guys in free agency. We have the cap room. But we still love this guy. It doesn't matter where we're picking. It doesn't matter what we have on our roster. We love him. We're going to get him. They kind of feel like that franchise right now, so that we can still see this play out like that. Just to add, even though we're supposed to be talking about the Ravens right now, just to add <laughs> to what you just said, like that Carl Nassib contract kind of supports what you just said. Like, Edge, in theory, they like, okay, Max Crosby was one of the best rookies last year. You're feeling confident. You spent the fourth overall yeah. pick on Colin Farrell. Like, in theory, those are your edge rushers of the future, and they threw uh, money at Carl Nassib. 
And I think that's partially because they just love the football character, and he's a guy who's known for his high football character. Yeah, one hundred percent. And Jason Witten, it's the same thing. Like they're trying to build a legitimate culture culture with the Raiders. That no, for sure. Um, but yeah, with the Ravens, like how many teams do you see really ahead of them picking linebacker possibly? So I, like I, I alluded to, I started working on a post free agency mock draft uh, today. Mm-hmm. And I, because I, I didn't have the Raiders go linebacker. I had in the, uh, I had Kenneth Murray actually landing with the Saints at twenty four, and then the Ravens coming away with Patrick Queen. That's interesting. I mean, like the Patriots might be in play, but I don't. If, I don't think that's. I don't think they're going to go that route either. My mock had a trade for the Patriots. Whoa! Can't yeah. wait to read that. Yeah, hell yeah! Thanks, Asia. Okay. Uh, either way, we do think one of Queen or Murray will still be available for the Ravens, and that's the direction. Both those guys kind of fit what you'd expect them to yeah. want in a linebacker. Uh, Bills, Agreed. they made a trade for Stephon Diggs. They also signed Mario Addison, the address for the Panthers. Um, addressed two of their biggest needs. They obviously don't have a first-round pick anymore because the Stephon Diggs trade. I think I, I know it was a lot to give up in comparison to how much DeAndre Hopkins cost. But I don't think you can like measure those things against each other because mm-hmm. I don't know what the hell is going on with Bill O'Brien, and I trust McDermott and Bean. I think <laughs> Stefan Diggs is a Pro Bowl level receiver, and he's a perfect fit uh, for this offense. Yeah, it feels like some Bills fans were like, "Do we give up too much for Diggs?" But that's really because you were comparing it against the Hopkins trade from the day earlier. So I think this was a fair deal for both sides. And again, you look at it, at 22, they probably would have came away with Jalen Rager. And at this point, Stephon Diggs is a better player than Jalen Rager, obviously. And uh, I think like Rager's ceiling is about what Diggs is now. So yeah, I was going to say. I think say, this is a very good trade for the Buffalo Bills. That's what I was going to say, yeah. is uh, at best, Jalen Rager becomes Stephon Diggs. And now you've already addressed that. Uh, obviously, they don't, they don't pick till the second round. But they've uh, invested in their um, defensive line already this offseason. Uh, the second-round pick could be put into the offensive line. Their receiver core is set. They could still go running back in the second round and get someone to stick with Devin Singletary. The Bills are pretty wide open. They look like they're really going to make a push for the AFC East. Yeah, for sure. It almost feels like they're just going to be a BPA team in the second. And I that wouldn't – like, they are quietly one of the best-run teams between head coach and GM of the last two, three years. Yeah, and they're a team with, like, now that Diggs is in the fold, no glaring weaknesses. Like, that, that offensive line for sure can get better, but even that's not, like, a, a massive hole. Yeah, it's just the quarterback, really. Yeah, but, I mean, they think they're sad, so. Um, okay, the Carolina Panthers, speaking of quarterback, looks like they're going to move on from Cam Newton. They uh, seem to kind of throw him under the bus a little bit on that. Uh, they bring in Teddy Bridgewater for three years, 63 mil. Uh, 33 fully guaranteed. So that kind of, in theory, takes them out of the QB running at 7. Um, makes them... Th- I, I still can't tell if they're looking to tank or compete. They've made moves that support both sides of it so far this offseason. So I think with Matt Rule, yeah. it's, it's going to be a lot of just get talent in the building. We'll see. And, and next offseason, we'll, we'll be able to have evaluated Teddy Bridgewater full year in Joe Brady's system. They were together in New Orleans. I said that weird. Um, and then they can uh, potentially be looking next year to make a move for 
uh, a quarterback. But for now, it looks like Teddy Bridgewater's got the got the keys, and uh, he's got the relationship with Joe Brady. So that's definitely how it feels right now. Like if you were to ask me, I I, I don't think there's gonna be the strongest team unless Bridgewater comes in and has a massive year. But even then, like the supporting cast on offense, like McCaffrey's interesting. The wide, I mean, sorry, McCaffrey's great. The wide receivers are pretty interesting. DJ Moore had a good year, but like the offensive line is going to be a bit of a question. I don't know how good they can be. I think uh, I definitely th- think they're, they're kind of gunning for a QB next year. They're going to be one of those teams that ultimately they're picking top ten next year, but they're competitive mm-hmm. each week. Like you don't hate watching them. They're well coached. They've got yeah. talent on both sides of the ball. Um, and I think we both agree at seven their ideal landing or their ideal prospect to land is Isaiah Simmons. Yeah, for sure. And if it's not him, uh, like I think Derek Brown would be pretty great there. Just coming um, away with a top end kind of the... defensive player. Yeah, yeah. Their their win loss total for the for uh, twenty twenty is five and a half right now, which is like second worst in the league. Really? And okay. so I think that kind of lends. Yeah, I think that kind of lends to your your thought that they might be a competitive team, but you know, win five or six games. Yeah, I, I I think I'd take the over on that, but um, not by much. Like I don't think they're winning more than seven games, and that's like at six and ten seems right. Trevor Lawrence yeah. is I think they're the Panthers fans' goal is to land Trevor Lawrence, but with that Teddy Bridgewater contract, it's like partially between bridge quarterback contract and starting yeah. quarterback money. So I don't know. It, it's short though in in con, in terms. So I think it, it's really going to be a, get a see a full year of him and Joe Brady's scheme and evaluate from there. Agreed. Okay, the Bears uh, made a trade for Nick Foles and signed Robert Quinn and Jimmy Graham to surprising money. Um, for, okay, first of all, the so the Bears uh, obviously they don't have first round pick. They pick up forty three and fifty. Um, do you think Ryan Pace has a job this time next year? Uh, no, I don't. Like, do you think Matt Nagy has a job that, this time uh, next year? Well, I if if Ryan Pace doesn't, I don't think Matt Nagy will. Yeah, it's just like they they have to really put together a good year. I think they kind of have to make the playoffs to be honest, and I, I don't think they are right now. And obviously, the move for Nick Foles—it's uh, Mitch Trubisky's starting job super up in the air. Uh, the Bears' ideal situation is to play strong defense, ball control offense. They, but the yeah. thing is, they have the playmakers at pass catcher. Like they, yeah. they're loaded in theory with skill position guys. If they had the quarterback to run the system, Foles gives them a safer chance to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's less boomer bust offense with Nick Foles, but at the end of the day, I don't, I don't know. And Robert Quinn is gonna. I know it's too much money, but he was good last year. Um, He'll help Khalil Mack. Akeem Hicks will get healthy. Eddie Jackson's a star. Danny Trevathan and Roquan's... Like, they're... they're, But I just don't see them winning more than eight games. I, I feel like they, Yeah, I think you want to say is they're a talented football team, but it just doesn't feel like... Like, they're going to be in purgatory. Yeah, no, I agree. And I, I agree on the, the Quinn contract. It, it felt too long at five years, and yes. the, the, the per year felt high, too, to be honest. But Yes, like, honestly... I could live with the the uh, uh, just for, for the fans listening. It's five for seventy. I could have lived with maybe the same per year if it was three years, but five's a long time for him, who's yeah. been super inconsistent. Last year was his best year in like four years. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know. He was nothing in Miami. 
No, I, I, I don't. I'm not a big fan of this deal. I mean, but to, to be fair, I was kind of down on him going into Dallas last year, and I was wrong. So. Yeah, but at the same time, I don't think he has played consistent enough football to earn this contract, even off that one year in Dallas, right? I no, I, I fully agree. I'm just, I was just trying to be nice to Robert Quinn for a second. I like Robert Quinn. I do too. But he's, I like, I like North Carolina. It's true. Like I, 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 he's one of those Rams players that I hated because he was good, and like after they leave, I tend to like those guys. That's weird. Okay. Like like Tory Holt, I hate it, but I love him because he's a great football. <laughs> Tory Holt was like is like a borderline Hall of Famer, though, so it's more justifiable. But okay, no <laughs> but noted. Quinn, Quinn was dominant against the Seahawks. If no. He played Seattle every game. He'd be a Hall of Famer. That's my take. So, um, is Clay Matthews your new favorite player once he signs somewhere else? I fucking hate Clay Matthews. I know you don't do. even don't even say that. <laughs> anyway. Uh, the Cleveland Browns made two big splashy moves, signing um, Austin Hooper four years, forty-four mil, and uh, uh, Jack, Conklin. Jack Conklin. Yeah, Jack Conklin, three years, forty-two mil. Addressing the need at right tackle, getting Austin Hooper uh, to pair with Njoku. Baker Mayfield's rookie year, he was at his best when they were running a lot of two tight end sets. Kevin Stefanski ran more two tight end sets than anyone last year in Minnesota. Uh, just gives them another weapon. And yeah. I, I think Njoku's in, in got the athleticism to kind of move around, while Austin Hooper's more of the classic inline tight end, like uh, can can do damage in the middle of, of the field. And then obviously Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham. Um, this feels like uh, on top of them tendering Kareem Hunt, it feels like these two moves are to to take this team towards a more ball control. Uh, yeah. Offense similar to what you saw with Dalvin Cook, like I think Nick buy Nick Chubb stock in fantasy, if you weren't already. Um, but despite them signing Conklin, uh, I th- like they're I, they're still I think we both think at ten looking at a left tackle. I think that would be kind of perfect because if you if you add a left tackle and especially how good the ones are in this in this class, um, you're ready to compete again, right? Like whether like they- this offense looks. Yeah, bad. Whether they go come away with Andrew Thomas or Mackay Becton, like just come away mm-hmm. with one of them, and yeah, the offensive line looks a lot, lot better. Um, the offense in general seems like there's an actual plan here in Cleveland with this offense for the first time in years under Stavansky. Yeah. There just feels like there's continuity in the building. And, and for the fans that are upset at the the amount Jack Conklin's getting. Uh, first of all, it's a three-year deal, so who really cares? Only thirty of it's guaranteed. You know who got a three-year, thirty million dollar deal, Rob? Who? Eric Flowers. <laughs> Eric Flowers is if you make more or less than Eric Flowers, it justifies your contract somehow. Yeah, exactly. I mean, exactly though. You compare Conklin's contract to like the other tackles getting paid. Like George Fant got way too much money. I agree. He barely started. Like, like so, this Conklin deal for a team that was desperate for tackles, I, I, I kind of like it. And he's a good fit. Exactly. In, the, in the power run, like the or not power run, but the run first offense, like mm-hmm. they're gonna run a lot. Um, they also, I, I kind of like some of their other like random little signings. Like I like them picking up Carl Joseph. I like them picking up Andrew Sandeo. I like them picking up Andrew mm-hmm. Billings. Like I really wanted the Steelers to sign Andrew Billings to um, play nose, and they also traded for a fullback. So like that's pretty swag. <laughs> I agree with the Billings. He's he's been pretty underrated his career. Case Keenum signing was also. Kind of strange, but smart. Yeah, I like. I don't mind having someone uh, competent behind 
Baker Mayfield. Yeah, similar, like, to a lesser degree, obviously, but similar style of quarterback, and uh, yeah. Stefanski has a history with him coming from Minnesota. Yeah, I actually, I like I like almost all their moves. Like, the Hooper contract was a little big, I guess. Yeah. But uh, in, the, in, the, in their scheme, I think he's going to be pretty damn good, so. Yeah, it's just, again, it just feels like there's an actual plan there. They're not just throwing mm-hmm. money at a bunch of random guys because they can, which yeah. some teams, it kind of, <coughs> Miami Dolphins, kind of feels that way a little bit. But, mm-hmm. um, anywho. The uh, Cowboys uh, tagged Dak Prescott, extended Amari Cooper, and then brought in Gerald McCoy, um, along with extending uh, their own corner, Anthony Brown, and bringing Haha Clinton Dix, um, and extending Blake Jarwin to a little bit surprising deal. Yeah. Um, which makes them a really interesting team at 17 for what direction they could go, because I think generally interior defensive line was a. a top priority they they address that mm-hmm. with Gerald McCoy and DB's a top priority losing Byron Jones uh obviously bring Brown back kind of softens that not yeah to a great degree but to some extent and then they sign haha Clinton Dix where safety is a massive need for them I, I think right like I think the pick there has to be DB I, I think right now I go the safety route but e- either way I, I, clearly an option the issue is um I th- the the issue is mm-hmm. talent and like okay if CJ Henderson's there they're running to make that pick, um, but yeah. if if he's gone, it, it's pretty uh, up in the air who the third corner off the board's gonna be, uh, and then on top yeah. of that like there's Grant Delpit is obviously a very polarizing player Xavier yes. Xavier McKinney is I love Xavier McKinney but I think he's the type of guy who, like he. He might go later, like first round, but he doesn't yeah. have the same upside as what I feel like Cowboy fans are looking for in a safety, if that sounds right. Um, yeah. In my mock, uh, I'll spoil it, I have Chase On landing with the Cowboys. I was going to say, if Chase On's still there, I think that's a slam dunk. He would plug in opposite Demarcus Lawrence uh, with Robert Quinn gone. He's yeah. got all this athletic upside. Just pin his ears back and go into Marcus Lawrence, one of the best run-defending edge ru- uh, rushers in the league. I think that'd just be a really fun electric combo. I I totally agree. And like, I see. I don't know if he's gonna be there, but if he is, I, I think that's the pick. If he's not, though, I I don't really know where the Cowboys are gonna go. Yeah, it might just be top DB available. <laughs> yeah, really. But uh, yeah, no, I just thought that that because the way I had the my mock draft fall, it was just like. This makes more sense than reaching on a DB here Definitely, uh, in terms yeah. of talent. Um, okay. Uh, the uh, Indianapolis Colts traded for DeForest Buckner, signed Phillip Rivers. So they no longer have a first-round pick. They gave 13 away for DeForest Buckner. Feels like a smart move for a win-now, uh, potentially win-now team with Rivers Agreed. in charge. Um, I'm interested to see if they use those second-round picks they have, 34 and 44, to move back into the first round for Jordan Love. Ooh, that's it's on the board, Rob. I Just because if, see, if, if, if you look at it, they don't have any quarterbacks under contract for 2021. Yeah, no, that's a good point. I mean, I would still, if I'm a Colts fan, you see Phillip Rivers, you feel like you can make the playoffs this year. 
I would love to get a receiver with the first pick at, at 34. I, I think that team kind of desperately needs one. We saw what happens when T.Y. Hilton goes down. It's just a skeleton crew there. They need Paris Campbell to make that step up. But uh, that, that option is definitely in play, and it makes sense. Well, they don't necessarily need to move both second-round picks this year. To, like, if they love Jordan Love, That's true. next year's yep. picks, they have a lot of draft capital. Chris Ballard's handled it really well. I just thought that was a potential option. I agree with you. Uh, if they stick and pick and, and Love's off yep. the board, receivers, the kind of slam-dunk need for this team. They also cut Pierre Desir, so corner is yeah. definitely in play now. That's that's very true. Yeah. I'm kind of surprised cut. Like, mm-hmm. he wasn't as good as he was last year. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but still surprising because the money didn't matter. So unless they're get, like getting ready to make a big, splashy move with their, their uh, cap space and they needed more, it, it's yeah. surprising. For sure. Okay, the Packers, uh, not who I meant to say. That was a Freudian slip. Uh, the Jag the Jaguars signed Joe Schobert to a pretty large contract, and uh, potentially eliminating their uh, love for Isaiah Simmons at nine. Although I don't think either of us believe he'll still be on the board by then. But I don't know. Um, with Miles Jack and Joe Schobert, their linebacker course pretty much feels set. They feel like a good team for Derek Brown to slide to. You mentioned this on a previous podcast. They had Josh Allen fall in their lap last year, and they were happy to take him. And I think it could be the same thing with Derek mm-hmm. Brown this year. Um, and that defense starts to kind of give them an identity. I I think that would be ideal. Then at 20, though, you got to come up with a corner. Now, if, if Brown's off the board, do they maybe reach a little bit for C.J. Henderson at 9? That would be... Something to think about for sure. I think it would be if if Brown's off the board, they'd be looking at Ken Law and C.J. Henderson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I, but again, I, ideally, it's it's. I think it's Brown, and then you still get not Henderson at twenty, but whatever other corner you like. Right or DB in general. Safety's also a need. Yeah. Um, if the corners fall, if there's a run on corners, which there could be. Um, yep. There's also depth in this class where they could. If they do come away with, let's say, safety at 20, they, they could get uh, one of the, uh, like, maybe a Jalen Johnson at, what, 42? Mm-hmm. No, that's true. But ultimately, like, I don't think this staff's going to be around next year when they're potentially starting Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields. Um, but at, at minimum, they could have a up-and-coming defense when they have that young quarterback potentially take over if Gardner Minshew's not the man. Them and the Panthers feel similar in that way, where they've got these quarterbacks who they they could potentially be starters in the league, but when you've got a chance at a true franchise guy, yeah, maybe you just make that move. You, you know what's kind of weird to me about the Jaguars? First of all, their, their win total is the lowest, four and a half, so they're the Trevor Lawrence favorites right now. Um it's weird that they kept this staff on for another year, but they're clearly trying to tank. Like I don't know, it just which makes makes the, the, and which makes you think in that scenario does like do they? Well, it gives you two options. Do they just they don't want to fire Doug Marone, bring in a new staff, and have them tank? They'd rather just do it with the garbage they have now, or. Does is Doug Marone in on the plan? And yeah. like this is a set thing. Shad Khan, Doug Marone, Dave Caldwell—they've all talked. This is the move. We're we're making a long term play. I don't 
like Doug Marone seems like a fun guy, but uh, maybe not the guy to run your football team. Right now, it, it feels like that latter option, just pure feel, but it, it, that, that first option makes a lot more sense. <laughs> yeah. Like, okay, if uh, if you had to bet, who's the first head coach fired uh, this 2020 season? Oh, God. I, I mean, got two in mind. Okay, you, you, you hit me with yours. Let me think for a sec. Marone or Patricia? You know what? I'll say Matt Patricia just because it feels like it's a little more dumpster fiery right now. It feels very dumpster fiery with what Darius Slay has said and other players are now saying. Exactly. Matt Patricia, not a great guy. (laughs) See, like, like, same with Bill O'Brien, maybe. (laughs) Yeah, and we're like, the Jaguars know they're a bad football team. So maybe like Marone like gets to live up the first year and then they get their pick of the litter of whatever coach they want. But yeah. Also, I don't think Doug Marone's like a bad no, guy. No, I think he's just a not great football coach. <laughs> Head coach, I should say. Fo- have football coach. Yeah. Hey, let this man coach the ACC again. Watch what That's happens. That's true. I would love to see Marone get get back to college. At Syracuse? No, Dino's the man, but yeah. No, when Dino takes a step Maybe up. they just trade jobs. Yo, I, this po- our podcast loves Dino too much. <laughs> anyway, uh... <laughs> Uh, we already talked about the Raiders. I don't think we need to add much more. They also signed Marcus Mariota, so maybe day two QB off the yep. board for them. Uh, the Chargers made a bunch of char- the Chargers have attacked this thing. I think maybe better than anybody. They bring in Brian Bulaga. They made the trade for Trey Turner. Offensive line was their biggest need. They get one of the best right tackles in the game. One of the best left guards in the game. Um, they also add Linval Joseph and Chris Harris to. At minimum, above-average starters in, uh, who have a ton of experience, who've played on playoff teams. Um, Linval Joseph's like kind of that's uh, in the Brandon Meebane mm-hmm. mold, but better. Yep. And Chris Harris can play beer starting. Um, can can start at nickel. Can move on the outside. Like their their secondary has so much versatility. Um, their whole defense. The defense. Is I'm very. Mm-hmm. They get Nasir Adderley uh, healthy for year two of his career too. Yep. Like I'm very excited to see. Uh, they've said they're not going to make a move for a quarterback, um, a veteran quarterback. They're, they're going to go with Tyra Taylor. Uh, so potentially taking Cam Newton out, out of the running uh, for the Chargers. But six could very well still be a love or a Herbert. Yeah, I, I think if it's if they don't land Cam Newton, I, I think at six. Now, first of all, let's both say that we're the biggest Chargers fans in the world before we get into this, because we this is they're like the team of this podcast. It's very true. Every year we think they're going to be in the playoffs, and they're they're not. So <laughs> let me say this: I feel like they're not going to be picking this high again in a while because I like their roster. <laughs> I think Tyrod Taylor is good enough to maybe get that seven seed. So I, I wouldn't go the tackle route. I would get the quarterback of the future there at six. If they like Justin Herbert. Yeah. Me too. Uh, if they like Justin Herbert or Jordan Love, that's who. Uh, they both yeah. schematically with their mobility and their mm-hmm. arm talent. Like I think they'd both be very nice fits for Anthony Lynn. They're not forced to start right away with Tyrod Taylor in the building. Like you said, with the roster around Tyrod Taylor... Now, we're higher, I think, on Tyrod Taylor than a lot of people. Yeah, we are. I think he's arguably the best backup in football. Um, and with the playoff expansion, like you mentioned, the seven seed, which sounds so weird out loud. I can't, I can't the, get it. The Chargers, with him, with him, could potentially compete for that seven seed. 
and, and take Tristan Wirfs at six. But I think that, like you said, I don't think they'll be picking this high again in theory. So Justin Herbert feels like the move. I, I agree. And like theoretically, if they if they get Wirfs, like that team is ready for a quarterback. But mm-hmm. it's going to be hard next year if they're picking eighteen or whatever. And what about Tom Brady in two years? <laughs> yeah, he's still going to be playing. So you know when I tried the Tampa thing, let, let's try the other option now. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, the Dolphins threw a bunch of money at a bunch of people. Uh, the one slam dunk signing though, Byron Jones. Yes. I think that was a slam dunk. Uh, they also signed Jordan Howard. Uh, give them a, at least somewhat legitimate running back. Like- they paid Eric Flowers too much money. They also signed Shaq Lawson, Emmanuel Ogba, and Kyle Van Noy. I like the Ogba signing a lot. I think I'm still high on Emmanuel Ogba. It's seven and a half for two years. It, uh, I think that's pretty good. Yeah, it's nothing. It, I, I agree. I like that a lot more than the Shaq Lawson signing. <laughs> yeah, me too. Lawson just really hasn't shown anything. I guess he came on a bit last year, but... Yeah. Give- I think it, he, was, he got a lot of one-on-ones last year with... Uh, at Oliver on the inside with mm-hmm. um, God, um, Jerry Hughes still has so much in the tank somehow. Uh, like Shaq Lawson was taking advantage of a lot of that. Uh, so I, I don't, I don't love that. I don't love them signing Eric Flowers and Shaq Lawson both the three-year, thirty million dollar deals. <laughs> the theme of free agency when they when they're both considered, I would say, would be considered bust for where they were drafted. Um, Definitely. Kyle Van Noy is a great fit and I think a great locker room guy and someone Brian Flores has a lot of experience with. So it's a lot of money, but here comes the train. Uh, but it, it makes more sense to me for sure. And then they, they in theory, just threw a lot of money at positions of need be, but still have those three first-round picks. It gives them, I think, more ability to jump up 4-2 at 3, uh, knowing they have less needs. Thanks, train. Um <laughs> But at, at the same time, like, I, I don't know how confident you are in, like, Eric Flowers is not good. No, he's not. <laughs> so let me ask you, I think right now they probably have to jump to three to get to it, and I, I think that's what's going to happen. Uh, what do you think they have to give up to get there? So, you asked me this on the first recording. I, I know, I know I did. So, see, this is why we need the second recording, because now I've, I've thought about it and I looked into it a little more. Um, Me too. When the Jets jumped, up, when the Jets jumped up to three to draft Sam Darnold uh, with the Colts, they gave up second round picks. I think it was three second round picks and a six overall pick for the third overall pick. This I did the exact same research as you, Rob. Yeah, only two years ago we have a, such a similar example from six to three. So this is five to three this year. But yeah, they gave up pick thirty seven, pick forty nine, and uh, second round pick in twenty nineteen. So the Dolphins can give up. What is it? They got a a pick in the 40s, a pick in the 50s. So it's almost like the exact same formula. Yeah, they they have 39 and 56. Uh, yeah. Also, uh, Bob Quinn a lot less savvy than, I think, Chris Ballard. Yeah. Like, I a, think there's a scenario... I think there's a scenario where they give up 5, 39, and 56 for three. Keep both first-round picks. Yeah, no, I like, I think that that, that would make the most sense... Like it wouldn't shock me if uh, if the, the the late pick goes to the goes to the twenty six pick goes to the Lions though. No, it wouldn't shock me either. But I do think there's a scenario where mm-hmm. they they don't have to give up either of those uh, the second or third first round picks. 
Um, but because the way they attack free agency so far, obviously we both think Tua's that top, that, that fifth overall or third overall pick. What direction are you seeing them go at 18 and 26? I still got to get a tackle at one of those two picks. Um, I agree. Probably, I agree. Most pro- definitely. Yeah, probably 18, just because uh, I think we're going to see tackles go. The other pick, though, I'm, I'm not I'm not sure. Like, I, I kind of feel yeah, like the I Dolphins... Wouldn't, go ahead. I wouldn't take any of the tackles that are going to be available at 18. I wouldn't either, but I feel like they might just have to. I, I don't know. I'm lower on Josh Jones than I think the mm-hmm. the majority maybe. Mm-hmm. So I have them taking him at 26 and going receiver at 18. That'll be very fun. I, you know what? I, as much as it pains me to say because they shouldn't, I wouldn't be completely shocked if if uh, 26 is like DeAndre Swift. That would be so yucky. I know it would. I don't want to see it, but I wouldn't be shocked. I know like the I have them getting part. Justin Jefferson and Josh. I have them getting Justin Jefferson and Josh Jones. Yeah, that's a lot fucking better. <laughs> I would love to see that happen for the Dolphins, but we'll see. I, I think ideally that would be something that happens. I, I think wide receivers in play, but definitely you have to get a tackle. Okay, the Vikings obviously traded Stephon Diggs away, picked up a second first-round pick, signed Michael Pierce to fill the need at nose with Limbaugh Joseph out. So with their two second or their two first round picks, uh, twenty two and twenty four, I believe, um, or no, twenty two and twenty five, twenty twenty two and twenty five. Thank you. Um, one of those picks has to be a receiver. Uh, yeah, definitely. And, and the other, the other has to be a corner. Yes, a hundred percent. I think you can lock that in. And it's funny that we mentioned Rager possibly a, a guy to Buffalo at twenty two. I think now that Minnesota has that pick, I, I think it could definitely be Jalen Rager, especially if the if the corners all just come off the board right ahead of them. And then at uh at twenty five, it's whatever corner you still like there. Possibly AJ Terrell. Yeah. Um I, I think they'd be at, at twenty two they'll be looking at Rager, Denzel mm-hmm. Mims. And then at twenty five, like Jeff Gladney, AJ Terrell, Jalen Johnson, uh Trevon Diggs, but probably not him because his brother just forced his <laughs> way out. But yeah, I think that's uh coming in with either Rager or Mims. Uh, is ideal for them, and then top corner available. Definitely. I think that's what you got to go for if you're the Vikings. Okay. Um, the New England Patriots didn't sign anybody of note, but obviously they lost their uh, starting quarterback. Um, do you think they go QB at 23 or make a move up to go quarterback? I, I, I don't think so. But like. Me neither. I was thinking about it more and more. I already mentioned I have them, tra- I have them trade out of the first round to acquire more uh, draft capital in my mock, because I think Bill Belichick would rather bring in an Andy Dalton or whoever veteran quarterback than kind of start from scratch with a rookie. Yeah, like the direction of the New England Patriots franchise over the next month is going to be so interesting because I, I don't really know what where they're going to go with this. Like. It doesn't feel like like Belichick's willing to do like a full rebuild, and like why would you? Because this this roster's no. still obviously talented. Um, yeah, so like if if you get like an Andy Dalton type, um, like if, like in your situation, trading back, uh, acquiring more football players just for the team, which I think is usually a Bill Belichick thing, obviously, and pushing again, they like they could easily still make the playoffs next year with a competent quarterback. I think so, especially with the expanded playoff. Yeah. And like in their division, I, although I I like 
like the the Dolphins are making a lot of moves. I I'm still taking New England to be better than the Dolphins, so it's really just the Bills who you're competing with. No offense to the Jets, but um, and I just I like gun to my head. I think Andy Dalton's their starting quarterback week one. I I like it. I have no idea. Uh, gun to my head, kill me. Oh jeez, sorry, AJ. We didn't. Rob, why did you put me in this situation? Uh, okay, the New Orleans Saints signed uh, old friend Malcolm Jenkins because nothing the Saints like more than bringing back former first round teams. Um, they also gave Andres Pete a big deal and late last night signed Manny Sanders, which I two for 16 for him off what we saw he was doing for San Francisco last year. And also seeing like Melvin, like he, he got as much money as Melvin Gordon. Like that is a steal <laughs> for the Saints and he is perfect for them. This is, yeah, this is the perfect fit. For, for Manny and for the Saints and for Drew Brees. He's going to be Brees's. I mean, also, I like the Malcolm Jenkins. Yeah. I like the Malcolm Jenkins signing a lot. Yeah. No, I think, like, like he's kind of like. I know the defense has been good the last year, but, like, that that real vet presence on the back end to kind of, like, uh, like mm-hmm. push, him, push him over the top because they haven't been able to get over that playoff hump. Maybe to give him that nudge, that Super Bowl nudge. Um, but, yeah, that, that, their first round pick is, is pretty interesting now. Yeah, so like they could still totally go wide receiver. Um, they could, depending on how they, f- depending on how they feel about Traquan Smith. Mm-hmm. But if if they love one of these wide receivers at twenty four, and let's say Jalen Rager's there, and obviously Michael Thomas is like the is a big possession guy, and Man- Emmanuel Sanders is although still explosive, not what he used to be, and, and more of just a precise route yeah. runner. If they want to get that deep field stretcher and like a Jalen Rager, that explosive playmaker, and a Brandon Ayuk, like, um, or or Denzel Mims, like they could still go that direction. Uh, corner is still yeah. a need. Um, I have them go Kenneth do, Murray do in my them? mock. Do I see them what? Is Let's quarterback see. in play at all, Rob? I don't think so. I d- okay. or but I just I sorry I don't think so, I don't think so just because I don't think uh, one will be available then. Yeah, no, I agree. I have a team jumping them for Jordan Love, just for the record. I, you already spoiled it. I, I already know the exact trade that you have for Jordan Love. So, but but the readers, uh, the <laughs> the listeners and future readers don't. So, thank you. Um, but yeah, so I, I think potentially receivers still in play, corners in play, and linebacker is sneaky in play. I I feel the same way. I if you're to ask, I, personally, honestly, I would love to just go in and get another receiver for them. I think that would be so much fun. Me too. The way I had the board fall, it just made more sense for them to have take Kenneth Murray over uh, the receivers that were available. Sure. Uh, okay, the Giants. Uh, brought uh, Dave Gettleman's old friend James Bradbury in. Uh, they signed Blake Martinez to way more money than I thought Blake Martinez was worth. And then they franchise tag Leonard Williams too. Um, to me, the signing of Blake Martinez says at four we're going offensive tackle and not Isaiah Simmons. I, I, hey, they brought in Cam Fleming, so maybe. Um, no, I, I agree with you. I mean, it doesn't 100% take him out of Isaiah Simmons, obviously, but... The, no. the, the tackle pick just makes a lot more sense there. 
and tagging Leonard Williams says they're not taking like a trading back or taking Derek Brown there, unless and, and even if Jeff Okuda's on the board at four, um, the the Bradbury with DeAndre Baker like that says to me like I think they're just all in on on uh, one of the tackles. Yeah, no, I I actually hundred percent agree. Okay, the New York Jets threw a bunch of money at George Fant and then co- copied and pasted the same contract to Connor McGovern. Uh, they also brought in Alex Lewis and Greg Van Roten. Um, they're 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 going in on the offensive line, but like not in like the best way. But they clearly want to upgrade the offensive line. Um, at minimum, they've added better starters than what they had and added depth. I, I to me, it just says at eleven, they're they're all in on offensive line. Like this is this is the situation. Um, Joe Douglas really wants to fix this offensive line problem. Yeah, I think this <laughs> the same thing because none of these guys are really big answers. Like Fant, I get will be a starting tackle. McGovern will be your center, but like you still need that left tackle. I I think just again with the strength of this class, they're kind of in the sweet spot for it. Uh, take your guy and don't think twice about it. Yeah, I think at at worst uh, they're taking Andrew Thomas at eleven. Agreed. Probably. Yeah. The, to me, I have Andrew Thomas above Makai Becton slightly, but to me, the NFL is going to be very high on Makai Becton. Yeah, I, I I feel the same way. If you are if you were to ask me right now, I think Becton goes above Andrew Thomas. And I wouldn't be surprised if Becton's the fourth overall pick. Uh, me neither. I, I don't know who would be right. I think if you were to ask, I think I bet on Worfs, but I, I wouldn't be. I don't know to be honest. I, I almost asked who your top tackle was, and then I realized we'll save that for next show. Yeah. <laughs> That's called a teaser, folks. There you go. Uh, okay. The Philadelphia Eagles made a big, splashy trade for Darius Slay. Uh, they also signed my boy Javon Hargrave. Uh, and your boy, Nate Subfeld, got an extension. <laughs> um, anyway, the Eagles' biggest need, no secret, was receiver and corner. They got themselves a number one corner in Darius Slay, which... I, I think 21, they're all in on a receiver, right? 100% this pick is wide receiver. I, I don't even know what else it would be. Like, uh, like doubling down on a DB after getting Slay doesn't make sense. Has to be a wide receiver. And they'll put... The, I think Justin Jefferson is... Uh, unless they make a move up for, like, a Henry Ruggs, I think Justin Jefferson's their best choice. Uh, mm-hmm. If he's off the board... Jalen Rager, Denzel Mims, are, I think, are the next kind of guys in the combo. I feel the same way. They they just need to add an athletic, explosive playmaker to, to pair with um, our Seagull Whiteside and, and Alshon Jeffrey as the big guys, and then Deshaun Jackson when he's healthy. Yeah, they, they need someone that can get downfield and Wentz can yes. push it to him. Yes. Uh, and and as well, can also do like some yak damage because... They kind of lack that type of playmaker right now. That, yeah, for sure. That's why Rager's... Um, both Jefferson and Rager are kind of perfect fits. I agree. I agree. Um, the The Tampa Bay Buccaneers went out and signed Tom Brady. So, I don't know. I don't know, AJ. They did it. Here we are. They tagged Shaq Barrett. They, they uh, brought back JPP. They look like they're uh, getting ready for their title run. Uh, they got some issues to fill still, but in theory, they think they're competing. Uh, 14th overall, what direction do you go if you're Tampa Bay? This was my uh, teaser from earlier. At 14, I think you got to probably jump up, and I think you got to get a tackle. Because I, I think Tom I Brady think behind that. Op- 
I don't know if they can. I, I think they have to do it because they kind of feel all in with Brady now, and uh, you got to protect him. If if Tom Brady behind that offensive line last year, uh, this team isn't going very far. Um, you have to. The get positive note the 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 positive is their interior offensive line is in good shape. Uh, yeah, it, the it negative took a big is step. their tackles. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Definitely. Like, they I, paid Donovan Smith too much. Dead silence as as AJ and I just walk over each other trying to speak. Donovan Smith got paid too much money. Demar Dotson's a free agent. Um, you hope you can move up for a tackle because if you stick and pick at fourteen, none of the top four guys are there, and now you're reaching. Yeah. And if if you stick and pick, you should just take like if Javon Kinlaw falls in your lap, take that. Ah, uh, yeah, I fully agree. But I, I think just with with the Brady edition, you kind of got to go get that tackle. But if they don't, Kinlaw would be great. Um, just kind of get the best player you can at 14. And, yeah, I, th- I think Kinlaw would make the most sense. But uh, if they don't take tackle, which, is, again, it's going to be hard. I, it, it's going to be rough this year. I don't know. Yeah, and there's not – like they pick again at 45, and I, I – like. To plug and play a tackle and win now mode for them, with a, yeah. with the forty fifth overall pick, like you're looking at like Prince Tiga Winoga, Austin Jackson, Lucas Nyang, uh, Matt Pert, those guys, and I don't think you're jumping jumping for joy, yeah, necessarily with this situation. Uh, okay, finally, finally, the Tennessee Titans. Um, not only did they trade Jarrell Casey for absolutely nothing. They uh, gave Ryan Tannehill big boy money, tagged Derrick Henry, signed Dennis Kelly to a contract that makes me think that they're going to roll with him at right tackle, uh, and then brought in Vic Beasley. Uh, yeah, I I still kind of think they're going edge, but t- Tennessee's kind of wide open right now. Well, because when Je- um, I keep I keep trying to call Jack Conklin Jack Driscoll, uh, Freudian slip. But when when they let Jack Conklin leave, I, I, to me it said we're going right tackle here at twenty nine. But then when you look at the contract they gave Dennis Kelly, it feels like they're going to yeah. give him a chance first. And then yeah. obviously Edge Edge was also a need, but they gave Vic Beasley a little more money than you'd necessarily expect. Um, and then they trade Jarrell Casey for nothing. So I think d- interior defensive lines definitely in play. Yeah, no, for sure. I. Maybe Dennis Kelly was more of the hedge, and right tackle could still very much be the route there. Dependent, and even, but at the same time, like who's the sixth offensive tackle that you feel comfortable taking in the first round? That like I, you know, yeah. so that's probably why they hedged it like yeah, that. For sure, I think Neville Gallimore would be an interesting guy for them. That'd be fun. I mean, uh, Jeffrey Simmons came on uh, after his when he got healthy and was pretty fucking good for them last year, and then. Putting Gallimore on the line there too. That'd be pr- that'd be a lot of fun. Gallimore, a guy who played uh like um played nose at Oklahoma, can play some nose, can play some five tech, can move all around the defensive line, has a ton of athleticism. Yeah. Very raw, but uh with Jarrell Casey gone, it's definitely a need. For sure. And the, like it's kinda like I said, it, they're kinda up in the air, they're kinda wide open right now. I uh, I think one of those three or even even corners in play, to be honest. Th- those are kind of the routes they're looking at. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, they're they're like you said, they're kind of one of those mystery teams. Yes, fun. Uh, okay, that that's uh, everyone I've got for f- big free agents who are going to impact this NFL draft class. There's almost an hour on that. Good for we, us. We did it. Look at us. Now we can do five minutes on the tight ends. 
honestly, I was like, the whole time, I was like, wow, this podcast feels so good. Like, this is good content. Like, Casey and James are having a good time. We're all sipping beers, whatever. Quarantine, you know, self-isolation. And then I looked down my notes. I was like, oh, God, we got to talk about these tight ends still. Here comes the pain, baby. Okay. We, uh, just to justify... um, the negative talk on this tight end class it's not a very good class uh, maybe two guys will go before the third round maybe um maybe, yeah. maybe four guys will go on day two none are going in the first round at least in my opinion it's not a very good class it drops off quick too um in my opinion um like there's probably 10 draftable guys Maybe, I like, I have, like, 14, but, like, three of those are, like, late sevens, so. I I just, I have a hard time seeing even double-digit tight ends in this class go. Um, yeah, again, not a great class. Didn't help that Pat Fryermuth uh, confirmed he was eligible for the draft then went back to Penn State. Yeah, and, like, to put this into perspective, last show when we did our receivers, my 10th receiver was still a second-round guy. Uh I think I'm higher on the group, but my 10th tight end is a six-round guy here, so. What's your first tight end, like, grade-wise? Mid to late second. Yeah, which I feel like that, even though we've had a lot of, the tight end classes have been very up and down. Like, last year was great. Two, three years ago was great. Two years ago was bad, Mm -hmm. if I'm remembering correctly. Um it's like my 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 highest tight end is a okay hell yeah my highest tight end is a third round grade respect don't love this class yeah like i it's not a great class i think there's two starters um two guys i believe can be starters for sure and then mystery men so without further ado this is gonna be probably kind of fast because you know the listener would rather be doing something else Dead silence. Thanks. There's the laugh. Okay. Uh, highest floor tight end in this class? I went with Cole Komado to Notre Dame. Uh, I think between the top two guys, first of all, the top two guys are clearly uh, clear. <laughs> so I think you can kind of interchange them for a highest floor and highest ceiling. Uh, I, I gave it to Komet, uh over Troutman, spoilers, because um, I, like, I don't want to say level of play, but slightly level of play. Um, he's the prototype size at 6'6", 262. Um, surprisingly not as good. Yeah, he's massive. Surprisingly not as great as a, bo- a blocker as I expected. Like, he, he's really solid. He's really willing. He's mean. But just at that size, I thought he'd be better. Like, he's not overly powerful. Maybe that's a leverage thing. But also his hands are kind of sloppy. But other than that, like, I, I think he's, he's a pretty good tight end. Like, the hands are clean. He, he runs pretty good routes. He's He's good after the catch. Um, so I just I think he's he's the safest guy here. Yeah, I I, I the Colcomet thing's weird. A lot of people on draft Twitter seem to really dislike him. Yeah. Um, I I think we are on based off what you said, similar page with him. I think he he can be a starting tight end. Do I think Pro Bowl? No, but uh, his size is big time. You mentioned you think he'd be a better blocker than he actually is. Uh, but I think you see the tools are there mm-hmm. for him to be a competent inline tight end blocker. 
uh, with that size. He just needs to play with better leverage yep. and be more violent with his hands. Um, the route running worries me. His change of direction. I think that's what's holding him back. Straight line. He's a pretty athletic guy. Hands are you mentioned yeah. kind of up and down. Um, my highest floor guy though is Adam Trotman, the other tight end in this class who I think could be a starter. He's my tight end one uh, from Dayton. The the difference I think Trotman is I think a better blocker. Uh, also checks the size box. I think he can do more as a route runner. Clearly. Uh, not the, not necessarily the same athlete uh, in terms of straight line, but his he's got better agility. Um, he was used more versatilely at Dayton. He was like playing everywhere from H back to Y, like X to uh, mm-hmm. to in the slot. But he was just doing everything. I I also I, I'm not gonna lie. Uh, how much I liked him at the Senior Bowl kind of separates him from Komet for me too. Me too. Um, like like Trout, Troutman's my tight end one. He's my highest uh, ceiling guy. So I I feel the exact same Absolutely. way. He he uh, he's mine too. And like at he's the Senior too. Bowl and yeah, I I think one of the things that stood out at the Senior Bowl is was kind of like the route running, and then you see it on tape, and you see his three cone time, a six seven eight. That that all kind of meshed together for really like that, that that's some legit potential. And like he's really quick and in and out of his cuts, ran some like beautiful double moves. Like you said, I think he's a better blocker than than Komet, more more technically sound, uh, but also like he's he's just bullying small school guys. So like, I don't know. And he, he's he's I like to see him to be a little more controlled when he's blocking in space. But like, how much is he really gonna do that? Um, I, so I, I think he's got the highest uh, ceiling in this class. Uh, he's my tight end one. Uh, but between the two of these guys, I think they're kind of like they, I think they stand above the rest. But and I think. They could kind of be interchangeable for both of these picks, to be honest. Yeah, I agree. I think these are the two guys who, by year two, are starting tight ends, where the rest of the class, I I don't necessarily feel that way. Um, More role players in the rest of the class. Maybe a couple of tight ends you would pair with more true starters. But Troutman and Komet, Mm -hmm. neither do it. I don't think either's necessarily got big Pro Bowl upside or anything. But I do think the combination of size, the willingness as blockers, um, their ability to win 50-50 balls, th- those things stand out to yeah. me. I, I think you get two different tight ends here. Troutman, you mentioned the three cone. His change of direction is a lot better. He's a much better route runner. Komet's yeah. more of this like big power forward who can win with street line athleticism. Um, I, 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 I just think there's more upside with Troutman. Um, but I do think both could be starting tight ends. Okay, who's your value pick? I went with uh, Josiah DeGuara from Cincinnati. I kind of like an interesting guy. Like, not the biggest at 6'2", 242. Mm-hmm. Uh, moves pretty well. He's pretty good with the ball in his hands. I think he runs pretty crisp routes, especially at the top. Pretty quick and in and out of his cuts. And he's like a really feisty blocker. Like, he, he, he kind of works his ass off. Uh, especially in space, he works really hard. Uh, he can roll his hips a bit, generate some drive. So I like that. Um, and also, like, like I think he just plays so hard. Like, you throw in the UCLA game, he chased down a would-be pick six for, like, 60 yards. I, I don't know. He's just, uh, like, in this in this murky class, he's just a guy that I, uh, like, a guy that you'd like to have on your team. Yeah, he's a guy who I think will find a role in the league for a long time because he does a lot of different things. Uh, in today's mm-hmm. NFL, if you get him in the right system, maybe he's not a true tight end. He played a lot of H-back for Cincinnati. 
Um, I yeah. think you you can potentially like he's the guy who fits the modern fullback role. Uh, he can do some stuff in space with the ball in his hands. Yep. He's there's there's just there's a role for that guy in the NFL. I, I would much rather take a guy where I know this guy's gonna be able to do a couple things for me than some of these other tight ends in this class. So I think that's a that, Josiah Deguara. I I ended up putting him as my sleeper. He probably does make more sense as a value pick in this tight end class. But he's a guy who probably goes mid to late day three and sticks around on a team if he, he lands in the right spot. Yeah, I feel I feel very similarly. My value pick, though, is Randy Moss's son, Thaddeus Moss, uh, mainly because I think I'm higher on him than the NFL is going to be. He's a guy for me who I think's uh, going to like. He he's in my early fourth round. I think he is the ideal complementary tight end too. He lacks size. He's a weird build, 6'2", 250. I think he can be a jumbo slot um, slash H-back type. He's not the greatest athlete in the world, which is insane because his dad is Randy Moss. But my favorite thing about him is he just knows how to get open. He knows how to find holes in zones. He runs pretty solid routes. he got pretty trustworthy hands. Mm-hmm. He's Despite his weird build and not being a classic inline guy, he's a really big effort blocker. Yes. He throws his body around. Um, ultimately, his ceiling is capped because of a lack of athleticism. He also is not going to do a bunch after the catch for you. But I, I just I think you stick him with a true tight end one. Like if you stuck him as the tight end, uh, the tight end two to a bigger inline guy, uh, you've got something interesting. I I 100% agree. I have him in the mid to late fourth. Um, uh, yeah, like, the thing you said about his blocking, like, he's got, like, a nice chop block, like he said, throws his body around. He's also, like, one of the more effective guys at chipping. I know that's not a big deal, but I like when a guy's just not, like, just shoving a guy gently when he's trying to chip, and he's actually, like, laying his fucking shoulder in like Moss does. Uh, put some guys in their ass, that's fine. Um, like, pretty, pretty technically sound blocking. He's not, like, a powerful guy, but he's stout. And like you mentioned, his route running, I, I like that a lot. His hands are good. It's just, like, it's really well, uh, really weirdly built at 6'2", and kind of like a, a narrowy frame, but yeah, as a complimentary mm-hmm. tight end in the in the fourth round, especially in this group, I uh, I feel pretty good about that. Okay, I already mentioned my sleepers decided to Guara. Uh, who's yours? I went deeper. He's he ended up being my tight end ten just because of the potential. Uh, Stephon Sullivan from actually also from LSU. Oh yeah, I, I, I like there's just I don't know. He's he's fun, right? He's he's six five two forty eight, ran a four six six, eighty five inch wingspan. Didn't play very much. Uh, not the best blocker. He's he's willing, but he loses his block pretty quick. Um, he's got to improve his hands a lot. He, so like that that needs massive improvement. Um, hands are pretty clean. Good body control. Uh, moves pretty well. Like release game is pretty good. I know that's not the most important thing. Um, but kind of opposite of uh, of Moss, he doesn't have a great sense of getting open. He's not really that quarterback's best friend type. But I think just in this group, um, with that athletic upside uh, and that size, I, I think he's a really interesting, like, I have a six-round grade on him, like, a really interesting six-round guy. That's a good pick. That's that's a guy um, I'd like to do more work on. Uh, he, his size and athleticism, it's just I would rather bet on yeah. that. If I'm taking a tight end late day three, why not bet on that over some of these other guys? Uh, a guy I'd like to get on my practice squad for sure to potentially develop because obviously he's new to the tight end position. He was a receiver, but his size and athleticism are mm-hmm. rare. 
my my For super sure. sleeper, sleeper because uh, I already said it's Josiah Deguara. Friend. Sorry. Super sleeper, super sleeper is Dominic Wood. My okay. My my super sleeper is Dominic Wood Anderson from Tennessee. He uh, respect. Okay, he's a guy who. Okay, let's try to stop talking over me then. Uh, he he's a guy who I think is a big 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 effort blocker. A guy who's going to be a priority free agent for his uh, blocking ability. Doesn't do much in terms of pass catching, but I think he's got some athleticism. Uh, I like his, his his willingness uh, to throw his body around. I think he's got some special teams upside. That's just a guy priority free agent wise. Him, he just stood out with in a weaker class. Who do you got? I I went really deep. I went with a sh- with Adam Schefter, uh, the Saluki himself, Nigel Kilby from Southern Illinois. Uh, impressive pro day. He came in at six seven and a half, two fifty four. Uh, ran a four six six, broad ten ten six. Uh, 83 inch wingspan. He started at Eastern Michigan. Uh, was pretty productive as a redshirt freshman. I actually I couldn't figure out what happened there, but I ended up going the JUCO route. Landed at uh, Southern Illinois. He's he's weird. Like he's <laughs> I don't have, I don't have a draftable grade on him, obviously, but just as an undrafted guy, he's he's interesting because of that athletic profile. His frame is massive. He moves really well. He's a long strided runner. Um, he, <laughs> this is this is a funny thing to say, but his hands look like. Almost a little unnatural, but he's still making nice catches away from his body. Uh, the, the high point grabs. It's decent after the catch. Like He doesn't break tackles, but moves well enough to get his yards. He's a physical, decent, willing blocker. Not the greatest route runner, but like for a practice squad guy, like you said, with that athletic profile, and uh, I, I don't know. He'd be a fun guy to get in there and uh, keep your eye on. Uh that was that, that a deep cut. Respect. Um, for wild card, I went with Hunter Bryant from Washington. A guy who had some big, big hype um, because of Evan Ingram comparisons for his lack of size, but his athleticism on tape and his upside as a, uh, as a big playmaking pass catching tight end. Um, and then he tested really poorly. Yeah. And now, I, I don't know that he's even going to be a top 100 pick. Yeah, um... I have him like as a borderline top 100 guy, but I, I'm not sure about that either. Me too. Me, me too. Just because I thought he was so much more athletic than he was. Him and Harrison Bryant both really shit the bed For sure. at the combine. Um, and, and then when you add, like, if he, he he's just not as explosive as you think, and then he's only 6'2", 240, he doesn't do anything as a blocker, his hands are up and down. Yeah. Uh, so... To, to me, he's in that similar role as Thaddeus Moss where you're getting a, a complimentary tight end two type. Yeah, it it really sucks. I had really high hopes for Hunter Bryant, but I, I do feel the same way. I For my wild card, I went with, with Albert Okuwe Boonham because that four four nine that kind of came out of nowhere. Uh, in this weak class, does a team overdraft because of that speed? First of all, he wa- walked away from the combine after that, which was smart. Uh, I don't see him until the like he's a fifth round guy for me. He's not a bad football player, but like I wonder with this class being kind of up in the air after the first two, then three and four are kind of their own. But uh, after after those guys, I wonder if someone goes up and reaches for him. Big guy, big athleticism, uh, lacks running ability, inconsistent blocker, especially with that type of size, yeah. but. I, I agree with you in this tight end class. I wouldn't be surprised to see him go much earlier than I expect just because of the height, weight, speed potential in a weak mm-hmm. class. 
ultimately, my best bet is Adam Troman. That's a guy who, uh, before the Steelers went and got my boy, my boy Eric Ebron, I was uh, I wouldn't have minded them taking him forty nine. I think that's very fair, and Adam Troman's also my best bet. Okay, we we don't have to spend a ton of time counting this down because again, this tight end class sucks. Is the tight end class the worst class uh, or worst position group in the draft? I think so. Like it's at least the least inspiring. I know, like the safety class isn't that great, but like there's guys in the safety class I love. Like yeah. I love watching Antoine Winfield. I really like Ashton Davis. Um, guys like that, and the linebacker group's pretty bad. But then Isaiah Simmons makes it mm-hmm. like stomachable. Um, there's just no one in this class that really moves the needle. For no, me. I fully agree. Like I had a couple guys that end up giving late draftables. I'm like they're kind of fun, but it might be because of the, the rest of this class being bad. Yeah, I hope next year's class is fun because I really like a good tight end. Me class. too. I, I love watching tight ends, so I end up having more fun watching these guys than I thought I would. But then, like once you get like into like the, the, the chunk of it, you're like, all right, I'm tired of seeing this mediocre play. You know? Yeah. No, it's not great. Okay, you want to hit me with your ten yeah, to six? Ten for me is Stephon Sullivan from LSU. I got an early six. I don't know. Uh, again, I mentioned him a lot. I like that athletic upside. Uh, number nine for me is Colby Parkinson from Stanford, late fifth round guy. Uh, eighth for me is Albert Okaway Bonham, um, mid mid fifth round guy for me. Uh, seventh I got Josiah DeGuar, late fourth early fifth. We talked about finish your drink. Hey, nice. We talked about him. He just does a lot for you, and I, I appreciate that. And uh, six for me is Harrison Bryant from FAU. I have a mid to late finish your nice. drink. <laughs> I have a mid to late fourth round. Uh, we'll talk about Bryant more in a second, so I'll I'll save my tongue there. Okay. Ooh, save your tongue. Right, that's not going to sing. Uh, it is now 10 for me, your boy, Jacob Breland, uh, of Oregon, uh, 252nd on my board. Nice. Pro comp, pro comp. This is for you, John Carlson. I love that so much. <laughs> Nine, big Alberto from Missouri, 251 on my board. Uh, pro comp, Austin Safarian Jenkins. Eight, Kobe Parkinson, 222 on my board. Pro comp, Kevin Boss. Sick. Seven. Yeah, my tight end pro comps are sick. <laughs> Seven. Josiah DeGuara of Cincinnati, 218 on my board. Pro comp, Kyle Juszczyk, because I just see him being better off in a fullback role. Uh, and then six, Harrison Bryant, 122nd on my board. So there's a big jump there. Uh, pro comp, Tyler Higby. Uh, okay, of these guys, who do you want to get in on? We talked about DeGuara. We talked about Aldero. Um, Kobe Parkinson, I he feels a lot similar to last year's Stanford tight end, Caden Smith, where it's, he wins a lot of 50-50 balls, but there's not a ton of athleticism there. There's a lot of size. Um, he just looks like a tight end, too. Maybe a Matt Spath, Matt Spath type. Um, so, I, I don't know. That doesn't really move the needle. Like, Harrison Bryant's the guy in this group that we should I 100% agree. Like, I, I do like Kobe Parkinson, but... Yeah, uh, for Harrison Bryant, you already talked about that. That combine was so disappointing, and I, I thought he he like he was good in 2018, but I thought he got a lot better in 2019, especially as a blocker because in in 2018 he was only lined up like in the slot or H back, yeah, uh, and then yeah. occasionally outside. But in, in in 2019 they actually moved him in line because he clearly improved. Like I thought he was willing in 18 as a blocker, sorry, uh, but he turned that willingness yeah. into usefulness. Um, but then again, yeah, four seven three. Uh, that was worse than I expected. That seventy four inch wingspan, like that, it's just a weird, slight built frame. It's even though he's six five two forty three, it's just kind of odd. 
Yeah, big time. Um, and it's strange because he had he had like some big media people really gassing yeah, him up, yeah. and I was never there with him. I thought like potential top one hundred guy, and then with that combine, and then you mentioned some of the stuff with the measurables. Like he he, he lacks size for sure, despite the height. Um, you do like that he's an effort blocker. I think he's got really good hands. Not much of a route runner. Uh, can make some impressive uh, ball adjustment catches. Um, does more after the catch than I think you'd expect. Yep. But he's to me, he's a developmental guy. I, I agree, and like. I, I also get it. wasn't that high on him. The 2019 was better. Like, you throw in the Ohio State game, he doesn't look out of place, like, blocking no, those. He, he, yeah. When I when I watched that game live, uh, he he was, like, the only thing working for FAU. Yeah, I remember, I remember talking about that. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, again, I, I was a fourth-round guy, a late fourth-round guy. I, I'd Me be too. okay taking him there and, uh, yeah, developing him. Uh, okay, you want to hit me with your five to one? Number five for me is Thad Moss from LSU. I have him as a Finish your mid drink. to. I think we're going to agree on a lot of these. Yes. I have him a mid to late fourth round guy. Uh, fourth round, uh, fourth for me is not fourth round guy. Hunter Bryant from Washington. I'm as a late. Th- finish your late, drink. <laughs> we're just going to finish our drinks. I have him as a late third round guy. Uh, number three for me is Bryson Hopkins from Purdue. Mid to late third finish round guy. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> we're finishing our drink no. already. Number two is Cole Komet, uh, late second. Finish your drink. And uh, finish your drink, number one for me is Adam Troutman from Dayton, uh, mid to late second round. Guy. Wrong. <laughs> Troutman didn't make my team. You got Dalton Keene, tight end one, I already know. You see his athletic profile? I, I have a late draftable on Dalton Keene. I kind of like him. He got better. I like him in, he's, to me, he's the Josiah DeGuara of the priority free agents. <laughs> So. See, see, I, I have a bit more of a priority. Get him in, in at pick two forty eight, and you're happy. God, okay, uh, yeah. So for me, five Thad Moss, one fifteen on my board. The pro comp is Aaron Hernandez, which I know that's not great, but um, four is sorry, four is Hunter Bryant at Washington, uh, ninety six on my board. So he's top one hundred on my board right now. Pro comp Jordan Reed. I think people would be shocked how uh, poorly Jordan Reed tested. Yeah, I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. I think it's similar. Use him in a similar way. You got you can develop Hunter Bryant to playmaker because uh, he's more athletic on tape than those. Hundred percent. I I think something was up. I don't know. Three Brayson Hopkins from Purdue. Pro comp is my favorite tight end in the league, Eric Ebron, and ninety third on my board. Uh, and then two, Cole Komet from Notre Dame. Pro comp, Kyle Rudolph, because all Notre Dame tight ends are the same. Uh, 59th on my board. And then Adam, the Trout, Troutman of Dayton, number one. 53rd on my board, Tyler Eifert, pro comp. Now let me say this. If, if all your pro comps were the class of tight ends, I would love the class. Well, yeah. but I, let, me, let me state how my pro comps generally we work. We know, don't worry. Is stylistically best case scenario type thing. We, is t- we know. Because, like, otherwise, then I'm sticking horrible pro comps on people. <laughs> and when you do one for every guy, it's not easy. No, it's true. It's impressive, and we uh, we applaud you, Rob. Yeah, it's the most impressive thing I do. Okay, <laughs> want to talk Brayson Hopkins? He's the only guy in this top five we haven't mentioned. Yeah, let's get into it. I, I like Brayson Hopkins. I'm not going to pound the table for Me the too. guy. Me too. Yeah, I... 
like I, it's strange because I saw Matt, I saw Matt Miller say how I think he said Bryson Hopkins his tight end three and he talked to a scout and he's not even in his, the scout's top ten. See, I, that doesn't make sense for me. I, I think he's a pretty well rounded football player. Like, I think he's a good good athlete mm-hmm. um, who can create separation downfield, yeah. can kind of move around a little bit. Not the best blocker, not the best route runner. Uh, doesn't do a ton after the catch, but I think he can be an athleticism mismatch. Like, Eric E. Brown at his absolute best was two years ago with the Colts until this Steelers season is going to be his best year. But two years ago with the Colts where um, Frank Reggie moved him all over the place and took advantage of his athleticism. And Eric E. Brown has big flaws. He doesn't have great hands. Doesn't um, doesn't run great routes. But he's got athleticism and size and catch radius and can win 50-50 balls. So setting Bryson Hopkins up in, the, in a role doing multiple things in, in that way, uh, I think you've got a player there. I really like him. No, I like him too, and I, I think an underrated part of his game um, is he's pretty physical. Like in his route running at the top of the route, he's physical. It might get you in passing for any trouble, but you're a tight end, it probably won't. Uh, and <laughs> after the catch, like you said, he's pretty speedy, so he's good at that. Uh, but he's also pretty physical, and like he's got a he's got a stiff arm. Uh, he'll break the odd tackle, and I, I like I, he's not a bad blocker. Like he can roll his hips a bit. Uh, get a bit of drive. Mm. He's he's more he's more than just a seal blocker, which I felt like a lot of this group, even the guys are like, okay, they're yes. they're fine blockers. It's just like they're just holding up. Where I, I think Hopkins can on occasion get a bit of drive, um, going to his hands, the odd concentration drop for sure, uh, but also some really nice natural hand catches going up, going down, you know, away from his body. So I, I like Bryson Hopkins. I think in the third round, um, like Hopkins, Hopkins and Bryant are pretty close for me, but. I, I feel a lot more comfortable drafting Hopkins. Yes, I agree. Um, I, I don't know. That's the thing. Just coming back to it, a lot of these after those top two guys, a lot of these guys, like I, I just see as more of at best uh, high end complementary tight end two piece. Yeah, I it, the most disappointing one for me was Bryant because I, I had again, I had high hopes for him and stunk up the combine. And then going into 2019, like he didn't really clean up those weird drops and stuff. Uh, so kind of, kind of just sucks. Yeah, it does. Um, anyway, this tight end class sucks in general. That's why we did free agency too. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, next week, but next week it'll be in like two days. Uh, top ten offensive tackles, I believe. Yeah, it's offensive of line next week, baby. Yeah line week you know how it is and uh that's gonna be fun so please listen and uh enjoy uh enjoy a beer tonight on me (laughs) thanks ralph